0: Welcome to another life impacting message from City Light Church. You can find more great content like this online at CityLight.church. Welcome, 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 howdy. Uh, what a really great time it is to get together. And um, tell you what, I was here two weeks ago and I think it was the first time that we had done a Christmas carol, or you know, what might be known as a Christmassy song here, and I thought to myself, oh man, like it just seems a little bit early to be whipping out the Christmas songs, right? Like, just getting my inner Scrooge on. But as soon as we started singing it, my heart just went, oh my goodness, it's Christmas. This is amazing. Like, what a, what a great opportunity to sing about Jesus coming into his own creation and uh, stepping into the world and uh, for all the things that we know he came for and uh, what he came from to leave that, to, to come to what he came to, is just the most, like, astounding Thing and uh, we get to talk about it every year. In fact, we talk about it pretty much every week at City Life, which is great. For some of you, Christmas will just be a, a wonderful, blessed, amazing time of the year that you look forward to. Uh, I have friends who, in like mid October, will put up their Christmas trees because they're so excited about Christmas, and literally, same dude, dress up in like an elf suit or a Santa suit, and he just like roams around town. Uh, he has a job, he's got a family. Uh, He's actually a youth pastor at a church now, Uh, so you know, he's got some responsibilities, but nevertheless, so excited about Christmas, uh, he's got to share it with other people. Other people, uh, I know, uh, even in my own family, it can be a very difficult time of year, Christmas. Uh, It's just another reminder that every possible um, advertiser, every possible message, every possible song is just shouting or screaming at you that this is the most wonderful time of the year, you should be incredibly happy. Um, you should demand, essentially, happiness out of this Christmas season. Christmas Day is your day. Everything's going to be amazing. Everything's going to be perfect. The family's going to gather together, even the ones you don't really like, and you're going to have a wonderful time, and the food is going to be prepared uh, expertly, and everything's going to be amazing. And uh, I mean, very, very rarely does that come about in the best of families. And if, you, if, if your family's like the average family, chances are good that's not going to happen. If If that is the message that has been presented, Christmas is the best time of year, Christmas is all about family, it's all about fun, it's all about giving and receiving of gifts, those kinds of things, then all that does is accentuates and highlights when family are not around or when there's a straining relationship with your family or uh, for people who have died and you miss them. And then, again, the culture and advertising screams at you, it's all about family and you're like, but my family's not with me. And so I know it can be a really difficult time. We, as a church, uh, we may mention those things, all of those good things. We like to celebrate the good, and we like to grieve with those who grieve. Uh, What we are about at Christmas is about Jesus, obviously. Uh, We are a church. Um, Culture kind of, you know, swings to and fro and oscillates around, and uh, Christmas, as we know it today, has only really been around for less than 100 years, like, you know, in, in its current Western modern form. And again, as Christians, we want to take the good and reject the bad and make the main thing the main thing. So for the next couple of weeks, and especially on Christmas Day, we're going to be talking about Jesus and Jesus coming, uh, what that means for us as individuals, what it means for us as a, as a world, as a, as a human race, what it means for all of creation. And uh, man, I'll tell you what, I love Christmas. It's a painful time in my family and a joyful time. So it's kind of both of those things all at the same time. Might get into that over the next couple of weeks too. We'll see how we go. Um, But today I want to look at, I mean, we're talking about Christmas, talking about Advent, um, the coming of Christ. Even before he came, it was promised that he would come. So we sing songs like, Come thou long expected Jesus, O come, O come, Emmanuel. We sing songs like this, uh, which speak to the longing that people of God had, as recorded in the Old Testament, just longing for God to come and be with his people, that o come, o come, Emmanuel, that, that name Emmanuel, meaning God with us. <clears throat> God has many names throughout the Old Testament, um, like Jehovah Jireh. He's the God who provides. Um, El- Elohim is called Yahweh. He identifies himself to Moses as I am who I am, or I am that I am. He says, I'm, I'm just me. Can't, you can't just box me into one little thing. In fact, he gave us his name because we need his name to be able to worship him in an adequate kind of way because there's no description adequate enough to worship God with. And yet he gives us his characteristics. He's known by these different things. And then in Isaiah, Isaiah comes along and he says, uh, actually, God is going to come and he's going to live with us and his name's going to be God with us. So the many names of God mean things. Even our names today mean things. Uh, I'm a father of three, got two boys, six and four, and a girl who is coming up on two, I guess, it's like 21 months old. Super cute, all of them, uh, obviously, take after their mum. And um, when we, one of the hardest things for us, when we were pregnant, when we were, when we were pregnant, was trying to decide, what are we going to call these kids? Because a name is stuck with you for forever. Uh, I mean, unless you go change it, but most people don't do that. So we're thinking, man, now, what do we, we don't want to, I, I long had this idea, and some of you who, who know me, you'll know our story. We actually, we tried for many years to get and then stay pregnant, uh, all the way through to having a kid, and, and we failed at that endeavor for many years before Isaiah finally came along. So we had a lot of opportunities to get excited and then be disappointed and and, and rejoice and then have grief. Uh, And every time, well, not every time, but for the first few times, we started thinking of names. It became very difficult after a few times to think of names. Uh, But then when Isaiah was finally coming along, we thought, all right, we're actually going to name this kid. What are we going to name him? And so uh, we we came up with this we didn't want to have, you know, s- strange-sounding names. Didn't want to have any names that would rhyme with things because, you know, kids in the schoolyard can be very mean. Uh, didn't want to have a name that would rhyme, you know, too easily with different kinds of things. Um, didn't want to, you know, too common a name. We wanted it to be meaningful. I thought it'd be really cool to name our kid a middle name Danger because then he could say, my, or, or Danger is my middle name. And they would be really cool. But my wife, and I was f- 100% serious. My wife reminded me, no, no, actually names mean things. We don't want to like speak something over this kid, you know, that, that might be detrimental to him. And so we came up with Isaiah, which means God is salvation. We don't look to earthly means. We had had a difficult trot, as I just alluded to. Uh, but we didn't look to kids for our joy or for our salvation. We look to God, and God is our salvation. Uh, middle kid, we called him Harvey, which means battle worthy. And if any of you have met Harvey, he's four years old, he fears nothing. Uh, he will run literally face-first into danger. Uh, and, um, I mean, he's got a soft heart. He, he, you know, he fears exclusion and being called names, but nothing physical. He will jump off of, like, the highest thing he can find. Again, literally face-first, expecting that whatever soft toy he has put beneath him will, will catch his fall. Uh, Evangeline, our little um, almost two-year-old, means bringer of good news. We thought, let's, let's Let's call our kids something meaningful, something that we're going to speak over their lives. My name, just in case you're wondering, means world ruler. We don't have to, like, (laughs) don't have to, you know, spend too much time on that. Uh, But but names mean things. In fact, um, you you may or may not know the meaning of your name, but you may have been given a nickname. I was given a nickname at school. I didn't love it. Uh, I I was not the largest kid. In my class, and in fact, for my age, I was pretty small, and I'd skipped a couple of grades in school, so I was much smaller than the other kids in my class. And uh, all of my teachers, somehow, at least my my gym teachers or coaches, all called me Little Donny Redden. I thought that's great. Uh, Thank you for that, coach. What a wonderful name. How encouraging. My family moved around quite a bit when I was younger. My dad was in the navy, so I go to the next school. I think great reprieve, fresh start. Somehow. This was before social media, before the internet, they must have had some sort of like gym teacher, coach, PE, instructor kind of, I don't know, internal network or something like that. And the next one, little Donny Redden, i will be like, great, same again. How did you possibly know? That's what they called me back in the old place. But nevertheless, uh, you know, names mean things. You might have someone that you love and you call them something that nobody else calls them. Uh, I, call my, I call my kids different things that nobody else calls them. I mean, I mean that in a good way, in, in a nice way. I had some people around for lunch today and um, I called my daughter Buddy. I oh, I'll come here, Buddy, because she'd hurt herself. And he said, you call your daughter Buddy? That's just really strange that you call a girl Buddy. I'm like, well, that's, that's my name for her. She's my little Buddy. Um, names really have, I mean, they have meaning. Jesus one time... Uh, he had known Simon for maybe a, a little while, maybe a long time. Uh, they grew up in the same kind of region. You might have known of him or they might have been friends. But at some stage, he says to Simon, you know, who do you say that I am? And he says, you are, you're the Christ. You're the Sire, You're the one we've been waiting for. And Jesus says to him, you know, we call you Simon, but now we're going to call you Peter. He gives him this nickname, which, which meant the rock, which is pretty cool, and Dwayne Johnson ripped it off, which is also cool. But he gave him this nickname, and from then on, he would introduce himself as Peter, because Jesus had called him something different. Jesus gave him his nickname. Jesus' name was given to him by himself, essentially. Jesus gave himself this name. As recorded down in Luke 1, when an angel comes to Mary, Jesus mother, and says this, Luke 131. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. You'll conceive in your womb and you'll bear a son. And you shall call him, his name, Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and... Of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child will be born, the child to be born will be called holy, the Son of God. So Jesus is actually given a bunch of different names, all, all in the one go. The angel says, He'll be called Jesus, which means God saves. He'll be called holy, which means set apart. He will be called the Son of God, which in 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 their day would mean uh, like God or of God, or as we know, uh, God Himself has has come upon you. In Matthew one, it's recorded similarly. Um, as he considered these things, this is Joseph. So uh, Joseph hears about Mary being with child, and they weren't married; they hadn't um, like slept together, and so. He, being a good bloke, decided, "Well, I'm going to like try to separate from her, but doing a really, you know, whether it's going to kind of save her honor a little bit." And so he's deciding to to separate from her. And uh, this is from Matthew 1:20. As he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, "Joseph, son of David, son of the Lion of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She'll bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus." For he will pay he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So again, right at the very beginning of the Gospels that we have recorded about Jesus' birth, it says (coughs) um, both of his parents were told, You're gonna call his name Jesus. Or in the Hebrew, uh, like Yeshua or Joshua, uh, which is like the same derivative of of, of where we get the name Joshua from, from the Old Testament. He will save his people, not just just save them, not save them politically, not save them by like raising up an army, not saving them by scurrying them away, uh, but saving them specifically from their sins. And then uh, Matthew interprets this saying, this is to fulfill what Isaiah said, when he said, a son will be born to a virgin, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Like God himself is coming to save his people from his sins. It's amazing. All this in a name. We've spoken hundreds of years earlier. Uh, way back in Isaiah, just, just a couple of chapters after uh, this quote, it says it's, unto, it's a very famous part of... Um, of, uh, of, I guess, Christmas passages. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Oh, boy. And the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called. So here we get some more names for Jesus. His name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Peace. So again, uh, Joseph and Mary both told you're going to call his name Jesus because he's going to save his people. He will also be called uh, holy. He'll be called the Son of God. He'll be called God himself with us as promised back when, as I said, he will also be called wonderful. His name will be mighty God. His name will be counselor. His name will be everlasting father. His name will be prince of peace. So how can there be so many names for Jesus? I mean, we don't, we don't, like, call him all of his names. In, in the Scripture and also for us, we know names are important, uh, not just because they let us know how to address somebody or how to get somebody's attention. Instead of just saying, hey, you, and everybody turning around, uh, we have some sort of, like, signifying designator for that one particular person or each individual. Um, but especially in, in reference to God, it describes their nature, describes something about them. Usually nicknames, like I told you my nickname was Little Donny Redden, was because my name was Don Redden, and I was really little. It, it actually communicated something about me. And often nicknames come about from some characteristic of you physically, uh, of some sort of prowess you might have, uh, maybe something stupid you did one time, uh, maybe something that you said and you stumbled over your words and that stuck. Uh, whatever it is, it, it describes you. It's not just something to designate or denote who you are, but actually describes you as well. And this is what's happening here in Scripture. It's telling us, by Jesus' very nature, by calling him these names, that he is God, that he is wonderful, that Jesus is the Prince of Peace, that Jesus is everlasting Father, not to be confused in a Trinitarian kind of way, I'm not trying to convolute God the Father with God the Son. That's not what this is saying saying that Jesus is fatherly towards us in a way that will never diminish. His love for us is like that, uh, authoritative towards us and kind and loving towards us like a father. They're not just a designation, they are a description of Jesus. And the thing is, uh, we give Jesus names too. It's not just scripture that gives Jesus names, we also give Jesus names. We want to make him sometimes for our own purposes. Uh, Not God with us, as in like an ever-present God right here um, with us and for us, but a God on whatever occasion we might happen to need Him. I've shared before, my wife used to work with a woman who had some grown kids, and she used t- teach them how to pray, but in teaching the kids how to pray, she'd say, "Now, this is only for emergencies. I hope you never have to speak to God. But if you ever have to speak to Him, He's always there for you. And I'm just like, That's, that is not, True or helpful or any of those kinds of things, and yet we treat God like this sometimes. We neglect him until we we strike upon some sort of need which we know only God can actually come through for us with, and we're like, okay, now we'll go to God. Uh, we call him God with us whenever we need him, at our beckon. We don't call him a counselor, we call him we call on him for counsel. Like, God, give us your advice, and then I'll take that under advisement and make my own decisions. So not wonderful, like, counsellor, but advice giver, and I may or may not receive it and implement it. We love him being mighty God, but mighty for our purposes. Everlasting Father, but not as an authority, but as like a sugar daddy. Like, oh, Dad, can I have some money, or can I have some lollies, or... Can I stay up late? Or these kinds of things. Not the Prince of Peace, but more like the Prince of Please. Like, please, can you do this for me? Please, I have this need. When I go for him for his peace, we look to him to give us things which we look to for our peace. We can't do this with Jesus. Scripture says, and we know his name is the name that's above all other names. We don't give him and We don't give him names. We come to him with names that he has given himself. This is what Ephesians 1 says. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age but also in the one to come. That's the name of Jesus. Hebrews 1. Having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. So what he's saying is his name is is so far above the angel's And that's how much superior he is to the angels. It it is uh, there is no measuring how much more superior he is. And that's how much more superior his name is. Even just his name has this sort of power. Acts five. Then they left the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. Even just his name, for the sake of Jesus' name, they were willing to suffer. We saw this just uh, last week or the week before where Peter uh, is before the council after healing the lame man at Gate Beautiful who, you know, jumped up and went walking and leaping and praising God. Uh, He goes on to tell them about Jesus and and, uh, says, Rulers and people and elders, if we're being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him, this man, is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which you must be saved. We're saved in his name. There's power in his name. His name is above all names. It's a name that he gave himself. Mira was told the name of Jesus because he was to be and did become the saviour savior of the world. And so, again, what name do you call him? What do you call him? Or do, do you call him? I mean, there's calling him with our lips and with our words, and then there's a calling him with our lives. And sometimes those things are the same, and sometimes those things are not congruent. We might call him Prince of Peace, but actually walk in his peace. We might call him our counsellor, but we actually don't live in his counsel. We might call him mighty God, but we go about fearing people, and fearing culture. What do you call him? Are you going through life trying to make a name for yourself? Not about the name of Jesus, but about your own name, or you are, are you found in him whose name is already above every other name? This is what Paul wrote in, uh, to the Philippians. He said, God has... Highly exalted him, and given him the name which is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, all of those in heaven, uh, and of those on earth, and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. At his name every knee will bow, because his name is above every other name. His name is, it is the name, Jesus, the name. This is where we start, actually, at Christmas. Is is his name? As we celebrate Christmas uh, over the next, what are we looking at? Like nine days to Christmas, eight days, nine days to Christmas. Uh, Man, we we would be served well to be thinking about the name of Jesus, who he is, what he came to do. It's in his name. What did he come to do? It's in his name. We remember Jesus. uh, Although he was almighty God, eternal, holy, worshipped, perfect, in perfect relationship with God the Father and God the Spirit for eternity past, uh, he stepped into his own creation. Uh, he, He is the one who created everything. And then at Christmas to celebrate, he steps into his creation. It's this most phenomenal thing. Becomes a baby. This baby was given a name, and are given a name not just so we'd know what to call him, not just so we'd know how to finish our prayers. In Jesus' name, amen. How do you know your, your prayer is finished? Because you say those magic words. It's not, not because of these things. It's, it's telling us who he is. It's actually announcing him. Have you seen those movies where when royalty like, enters a party, there'll be someone announcing and they'll like, make a big noise or clang a gong or something, and you know, announcing the Savior of the world, Jesus. This is His name. His name actually declares who He is, what He's about, what He came to do. And man, we're so privileged to live in a day today when we can look back uh, at history and even at the incarnation of Jesus coming through the lens of Easter and see that He did it, that He's finished His work. At his name we bow and confess that he is king. It's amazing. God is with us. Uh, at the moment, we are, we're taking this kind of pause in our series through Acts. Where we've seen that God, the Holy Spirit, has come and, and he dwells with his people. It's amazing. We look at the old, through the Old Testament, we see that God came and he, he dwelt among his people uh, in the tabernacle, or even, you know, it says he tabernacled with his people, And then uh, in the Ark of the Covenant and then the Holy of Holies, in the temple he dwelt among his people. It's amazing. And here at Christmas we see that God not only comes to be among his people, but he becomes one of us. God is so far and above anything we can comprehend in his fullness. Like really, we only know what he reveals to us. Uh, we, We... just minute, infinitesimal, like vaporous human beings in our, in our smallness. Uh, we only comprehend of God what he reveals to us. And God himself loves us so greatly. He, he, the whole of scripture communicates to us he wants to be with his people. He wants to be with you. He, he's with his people Uh, In the old covenant, he's with his people, now in the new covenant with the Holy Spirit, and he he came and actually became one of us. What ridiculous honor that gives to us. We made in his image, what an honor. And then he becomes like us. It's just actually unfathomable, really. God wants to be with you. He wants to be with me. This is what we're celebrating at Christmas. It's the coming of God, not just as... A conquering king to come and conquer sin and death and the power of the devil, uh, but coming to be with and among and one of his people. It's phenomenal. So uh, let us, let our lives and our tongues declare that Jesus is wonderful. And if he is wonderful, it reorients our thoughts off of ourselves and onto him, if he's wonderful. We want to think about him. We want to spend time with him. We want to be around him. We want to become like him. If he's really wonderful, it actually changes how we live, not just what we, what we call him. If he's really a counsellor, it means we don't rely on our worldly wisdom. It means, we don't go to him, it means we don't go to him with what we're already going to do just so that we can say we prayed about it, and then, oh, you know what? Again, God just wants me to do what I already wanted to do. It's amazing. But rather we go to him to see what he wants us to to do and to be and to think. If he's mighty God, then we don't fear the things we once feared. We don't walk as people who are fearful. We walk as people who only fear the Lord, have this reverential awe of him. Um, If he's everlasting father, he will always be for us. He will always love us. If he's the Prince of Peace, then he is both Lord and in charge. It means he's working for your good. It means, again, we can walk through life with such great confidence and peace amongst turmoil because we don't look to our circumstances. We don't even look to our own personal health. We don't look to our um, relationships to uh, give us peace. But we have peace. We actually bring peace into our circumstances. We bring peace into our relationships. If he's Emmanuel, then he's with us. It means he doesn't abandon you. He never abandons you. It means he doesn't leave you. It means he doesn't forsake you. It means that, I mean, we sang saying it before, even as we were sinners, God loved you. Like the world didn't become better and better and better and better and then at some certain point, 2,000 years ago, the world just happened to be a really great place and God looked down and said, now those people I could, I could be amongst. Uh, no, like in the midst of our Death and, and stench and rebellion and sin, um, because of his great love, that's when God came for us. He came for you. And that's what we celebrate at Christmas. Uh, please plan for and have great family parties and friends and get into the whole like, whatever kind of enjoyment you can get out of what is essentially like a secular festival uh, parallel to um, our celebration of Jesus coming. Uh, But don't be distracted by the fact that this is celebrating one of the most phenomenal things that has or will ever happen in the history of existence. God has come to be with his people. It's amazing. Let's pray together. Father, uh, we, oh man, we, we, we know when we really think about it and we spend time on it, we don't deserve this. That you would come to us. Reveal yourself to us. Not, not as, um, not as a, a, a God who is keeping us as enemies, although that's what we deserve, but a God who's made us friends and even your children, not because we're good or deserve it, but because you are good and because Jesus deserved it and deserves it and he's chosen us for himself. Thank you for revealing to us your name and all of those names that we know you by, not just to call you, but, but, but even to... Approach you as our wonderful, mighty, counsellor, Father, Holy God. We're indebted in, in a way we I can't ever hope to. I wouldn't even imagine paying back or paying off. And so we thank you for your mercy to us that so you, don't, you don't charge us. Uh, you've gifted us your son, Jesus. We thank you for giving us a new name, calling us by a new name, bringing us into your family. Lord, help us to be um, heralds of this message, uh, in particular around Christmas when people are open to or expecting to hear about Jesus, help us to speak his name really boldly and winsomely. Uh, that name which is above all other names, the name which every knee will bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. Um, may, may many confess your name um, now and sooner rather than later. And in particular, I just want to pray for those for whom Christmas is not a good time or a joyous time, help us to be able to communicate to them and even to show them that there is joy far, far beyond and far above uh, any we could derive from our circumstances, good or bad. Uh, That your your very presence with us by the Holy Spirit, because of what Jesus has done, because of your great love for us, is on offer to them who would just receive this precious gift. I pray this in Jesus' holy name and for his sake. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from City Light Church. We hope you found it helpful and we'd love for you to share this message with others. For more great content, more information about City Light Church or to donate to the work of City Light Church, visit us online at www.citylight.church.